Welcome to day four of our look through James chapter five and daily drive time devotions. We've been talking this week about riches and how God has a different way for us to live, not identified by our riches, but identified by our faith. Last couple days, we've talked about patience and perseverance and how God works it into our lives through his truth, his love, his care, through an example that we read in daily life and in the Old Testament. And today, as we turn towards the end of the book of James, we're going to be talking the next two days about prayer. James ends his book talking about prayer. In James chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, he talks about prayer for those who are in trouble, prayer for those who are sick. Let me, let me read what he has to say, beginning in verse 13. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise him up. If he sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. James talks about prayer in several areas of life. First, he talks about if you're in trouble, something's going bad in your life, feel no, no hesitation at all to talk to God. You should talk to God all the time. But I found that when we don't, when we feel oh, guilty about that, I, I'm not talking to God enough, and then we get in trouble, we feel even more guilty, some of us, and we think, well, I'm not going to go to him now because, well, hey, I've been talking to him in the good times. I, I feel guilty to talk to him in the bad times. No, talk to him when you're in trouble. I, I found you're not going to talk to God in the good times unless you talk to him in the bad times. In fact, oftentimes our prayer life grows in the bad times. You want to become a person of daily prayer? Start by talking to him when you have a need. Anybody in trouble? Pray right now. In your mind, right now, talk to God about it. Now, James goes on and he says, is anybody happy? Let them pray too. Let them sing songs of praise. Express that to God as well. Tell him when there's joy in your life. In fact, if something great has happened in your life today or recently, right now, say, God, I am so grateful. You may have told him already, but tell him again. And then in verse 14, he begins to talk about anyone who's sick. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise him up. Now, what is this about? There's a lot of questions in these verses that people have. First, it says, if somebody's sick, they should call the elders of the church to pray over him. That says, if I'm the one who's sick, I don't wait for somebody to come and pray for me, hope that they know about it. No, I, I tell them I'm sick. I need somebody to pray for me. I've known of people that they had a need in their life or a sickness in their life and no one came and prayed for them, but they never asked anyone to come and pray for them. And they felt like, well, nobody cares about me. Well, the Bible here says you need to have the faith to call people to come and pray for you. Call the elders of the church, it says here. Who is that? Is that like the old guys, the people 80 years of age and older? No, the, the term elders in the New Testament is used interchangeably with the term pastor. Call the leaders of the church, the spiritual leaders of the church, to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. We do this all the time at Saddleback Church. Uh, you may not know about it because you've never seen it happen if you happen to be a part of our church, but we do it all the time. If somebody is sick, they, they'll call up the church office and they'll say, I, I want somebody to pray for me. We'll, we'll go to their house sometimes. Oftentimes people want to come to the church office. They'll come in. We'll get a group of spiritual leaders in the church around that person, and we'll pray for them. And we'll, we'll actually do exactly what the Bible says here. Anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. We have some olive oil and a little jar. We'll put it on our finger. We'll put it on their forehead, and we'll pray for them. Does anointing the person with oil in the name of the Lord have some special power of, of healing? 
that does somehow that make God do something he wasn't going to do in the first place? Of course not. Uh, the, the idea of oil here is a sign of our fellowship together in God's spirit. There's no special power in the oil, but there is a, a symbol, there's a picture in it that we're one in the body of Christ and we're praying for each other in the body of Christ. In, in that day, people would often be anointed with oil as a, as a medical procedure to bring soothing and anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord here is a fellowship expression to bring a, an encouragement to the heart of the person who is sick. And then the Bible says the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Now, what does that mean? It's tempting to read here that God will heal anyone who just does exactly what this says. If they'll just do this, then they'll automatically be healed. But I'll, I'll never forget a man who wrote me once who prayed for a sick pastor who, who eventually died. Their pastor died. And he, and, he, and he wrote at the end about his church, I guess we just didn't have enough faith. That breaks my heart to read a sentence like that. Does, does God have some kind of a, a faith scale that he measures us by? And if I don't measure quite up to that amount of faith, when somebody is sick, they're going to die. But if I can measure up to it, then they won't. Of course not. That, that makes no biblical sense, does it? Jesus said, you just have to have a mustard seed of faith. That's all you have to have. And you know God's compassion for that person. When somebody is sick, our desire is to seek God's help. And that is a natural desire, but it's also a biblical desire and a right desire. And I should offer a prayer in faith. And the Bible says often that prayer in faith will make the sick person well and will raise that person up. The Bible nowhere promises that this prayer will always make the sick person well. In fact, I don't know about you, but I don't want that. Uh, There's a certain point in my life where I don't want people to pray for me that I'm going to be made well. I'm ready to go on and be in heaven. And there is a day when we're going to die and be with him. Now, how do you handle the fact that he doesn't always heal? I handle it by realizing it's God's will. It's in his hands and not my hand. You see, for me to say, I'm going to pray and I'm going to know when and where and how this person should be healed is for me to take it into my hands. That's not how I pray. That's not how we pray when we pray for a sick person to be made well. We pray, God, here's our desire. Our desire is for him to be made well. But we're not praying for our desire. We are praying for your desire, for your will in this person's life. And you know what's best. You know whether to take them home to be with you in heaven right now, or you know whether to wait. You know what they have to do. You know know things that we do not know. And so, God, we come to you. We put this person in your hands, and we pray for their healing. As you read these verses about healing, there are three aspects of healing prayer in these verses. Christian love, medical care, and God's will. Christian love. The the sick person is to take the initiative and call. That's a good thing to do. But then the expression of Christian love is to come. The elders of the church pray over him. You don't go through a sickness alone. You go through it together in God's family. You don't hide it from other people. You don't hide your weakness and your sickness from others. No, you go through it together. You express Christian love to each other in your sickness. There's also an expression of of medical care here. The oil certainly is a spiritual symbol, but there's also an idea of medical care that's behind this because there is the personal healing touch. And in a day when nursing staffs are overloaded and many people are without families, People need a healing touch in their life. People need medicine. They also need personal care. And it's amazing how a healing touch can make a difference in somebody's life. Christian love, medical care, and God's will. 
You pray in Jesus' name, in the name of the Lord. That's the key here. That means in his purpose, in his will, in that which is fitting with his character and his plan. God's will, in Jesus' name. The prayer of faith recognizes the will of God. That's the key to the whole process here, the will of God. If you miss that point in these verses, you're going to end up with great distress. But if you get that point in these verses, they are verses of great comfort. Now, at the end, he talks about if he sinned, he will be forgiven. James is not saying that all sickness is the result of sin. The Bible does not teach that. In fact, Jesus taught the exact opposite of that. But James is reminding us here that some are sick because of illness, and there are others, some who are sick because of sin in their lives. When, when it's a human physical weakness, the match is to request prayer for that person, to pray for them that they'll be healed. When the reason for the sickness is some sin in a person's life, then confession is what needs to happen, telling God earnestly that you're sorry. Now, how do I know? How do I know if it's a, it's a sin? Should I feel guilty every time I have a cold, every time I have a sneeze and wonder, is there some great sin in my life? How do I know? Ask God. God will tell you. Here's what I've learned about conviction of sin in my life. If I've just got some shadowy, sort of a foggy feeling that maybe I've done something wrong, I don't know what it is, but I just feel bad about myself, that's Satan trying to make you feel guilty. Because that's not how God puts the spotlight on sin. When you sinned and it's causing consequences in your life, and you say, God, is there something I've done that's causing this? Boom, the spotlight goes right on it. God shows you in your heart. He shows you through his word. Every sermon that you hear is about that thing that, you're asked, that you've done in your life. Every song you hear on the radio when you turn it on is about that thing. God puts the spotlight of truth on it. You cannot miss it. It's clear and it's specific. That's how you know. If it's not clear and specific, then it's Satan trying to make you feel guilty. If it is clear and specific, what do you do? You confess your sins. And the Bible here says confess your sins to each other. What does that mean? To everyone you meet on the street? To every Christian that you see in church this next week? No. You confess your sins to one trusted person, to two or three trusted people. Verse 16, the middle of the verse says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Find somebody who will pray for you, and that's the person that you talk to. You ask them, pray for me. Not only that I will confess this sin, but that God will give me the strength to live the new kind of life he wants me to live. As we pray today, I know as I've talked about sickness and healing, you may very well have somebody in your life who's sick, or you may be sick yourself. And I want to pray for you. Pray for that person that you love. And Lord, I pray as we talked about just a moment ago, for the sick person who's listening to this or that we care about, that we love. God, first of all, we tell you our desire. You've told us to pray as children to come to you as our Father. So we come to you and we say, God, our desire is that this person would be healed. We know you hear our heart. But God, we also come to you humbly and we ask for your will. And we ask that in your will, healing could happen. We ask that in your will, new strength could be brought to this person so they could serve you in new and fresh ways. But we also bow to your will because we know, God, that this world is not all there is, that we look forward to the hope of heaven. We're able to pray, not with desperation, but we're able to pray with hope. So we come to you in hope and we pray for ourselves. We pray for this sick person that we love putting them, putting ourselves in your hand, trusting you. In Jesus' name, amen.